The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for Leadership Matters. My name is Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Our topic today is Leveraging Technology to Enhance Leadership and Organization Effectiveness. And to discuss this uh, very important topic, we have two wonderful people from the IT field let me introduce both of our guests to you to, uh, really at this moment. Let's start with um, Harold Tutt. Harold is the Chief Information Officer for the County of San Diego. And also on the line, we have Ron Sal- Salazar. Ron, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Salazar, correct. Great. And you are the CEO with MR2 Solutions. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Welcome, Dr. G. Thank you, Dr. G, for, for uh, having us here. Yes, my pleasure. Um, Harold, I would actually have a start with you, and uh, before we kind of jump into the midst of our topic, and just have you share a little bit about um, yourself and the perspective that you bring, and maybe a little bit about the um, organizations, maybe even public and nonprofit, that you're affiliated with. Okay, thank you again. Um, I work for the County of San Diego. I've worked for the County of San Diego for 25 years next month, so might as well say 25 years. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. And I've worked in various capacities for the County of San Diego. I started off in the um, mid-level management and information technology in the health department. I moved up in in the ranks there, became a regional um, general manager of health care and social services delivery in the health department or the health services agency at the time. Got promoted and was um, the director of housing and community development for county government. Received another promotion, fortunately, and was the deputy chief administrative officer for public safety. And now, currently, I am the chief information officer since April of 2008 for the county of San Diego. Well, let me just pause and say congratulations on each of those. I mean, that's quite a progressive career. Well, thank you so very much. And in my current capacity, I am responsible for managing the information technology outsourcing contract that the county has. Uh, it's a $644 million seven-year contract that the, my team and I manage. Prior to working for the county, I worked in the not-for-profit world. I was uh, assistant director of the Comprehensive Health Center, so I was in the uh, healthcare field providing um, healthcare for the indigent population. And I've been on many, many uh, nonprofit boards of directors. I am currently the chair of the board of directors for the Neighborhood House Association, a, a large social services nonprofit agency here in, in the county of San Diego. So that's uh, my body of work, Dr. G. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And, again, a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you. 
Ron, why don't we go to you and ask you also to share a little bit about your background so that our viewers, or just our viewers, our listeners, have an opportunity to, to gain just a peep into the perspective you bring as well. Absolutely. My name is Ron Salazar. Uh, uh, with MR2 Solutions, we are a uh, systems, systems integration company uh, uh, specializing in the design, implement, implementation support of uh, network infrastructure. Um, our our main focus is in the area of disaster recovery, business continuity, and uh, network virtualization. Uh, the company has been around since uh, 19, 1995. We've started it back uh, back in the days, and and prior to that, I was um, I served as an, an IT manager for a large privately held company out in Long Beach. Uh, for a period of five to seven years, and uh, was responsible for opening up uh, uh, offices uh, globally for that particular uh, particular company. And uh, shortly after that, I joined the, the federal government, uh, the bankruptcy court, as the system divisional manager for for that division. Um, again, again, responsible for the overall direction um, and implementation of their system. Um, in 1995, we've decided to, uh, you know, to cross the corporate line, and and join the uh, uh, people who's, uh, you know, helping out other companies and in, in designing and implementing their their current inf- uh, network infrastructure. And we've been successfully helping uh, uh, the market here in Southern California uh, since then. Um, we've um, uh, we've we've had clients and customers uh, ranging from. A small business to a large enterprise, and we've also had a, our fair share of uh, uh, providing services to a nonprofit organization, edu- edu- educational uh, organizations, and also uh, counties like uh, San Bernardino County, City of Brea, City of Long Beach, and, and such. Wonderful. Well, thank you also, Ron, for being with us. Both you and Harold bring just such a wonderful, uh, I say, wealth of experience to the show today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Harold, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about your perspective with regards to, um, you know, maybe what public and or nonprofits can do, how we can use technology to achieve greater efficiencies and maximize effectiveness. Let me first start there, Dr. G, by saying that the use of technology needs to be embraced at the highest level of the organization, from the board of directors, elected officials, the president, CEO, executive director, whatever the titles may be. Also, um, there is oftentimes disappointment in technology. You expect your systems to always be available. When they're not, the users have um, dissatisfaction. So communicating, uh, training, uh, and proper use of the tools has to be enforced. The organization needs to have information technology values. How are you going to use the technology to meet your service delivery that you, that you have. That's extremely important because you just don't put in a system for system's sake. It needs to fit the culture of the users in that organization. And that's extremely important in, in doing that. And I, and I think that's the one thing that a chief information officer for an organization must have, the ability to communicate that proper use and how it's intended to achieve those efficiencies. In addition, uh, information technology is an enabler. So the business units are the drivers. What is the business need that you're trying to solve with the use of technology? And the technicians assist as partners in making that happen. 
and it has to be a true partnership, co-ownership in the project for it to be successful. Mm. Those are the thoughts that I have to your question. Mm, wonderful. I, I love it. And so the uh, kind of like the starting that cascade from the top down, and I'm hearing an emphasis with regards to communication, training, proper use, values that kind of support that and making sure there's a great partnership between the IT and um, the user, which I think you've described as the enabler being the IT um, portion and the user being the driver. Yes, um, it's, it's, for mm-hmm. me, it's both a top-down and bottom-up bottom mm-hmm. process. Both all aspects of the organization has um, ownership. Right. Okay, and I, and I love to fit the culture of the user with regards to that. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that. Ron, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, well, um, you know, to to add on to to Harold's uh, comment there, um, in a nonprofit organization or public sector, uh, they they have, um, in in our experience in dealing with them, they have um, many uh, challenges and limitations. One of them is uh, uh, limited resources, uh, limited budgets, and uh, constant demand to to operate more with less. And I believe, um, you know, from our perspective. The whole industry is trying to simplify IT, and that's the whole message that uh, I think the whole, uh, you know, the entire industry is, uh, is embracing right now. Ron, let me just pause you there and say, when you say industry is trying to simplify IT, tell us what that means. Well, well, again, because of um, you know of the the, the limited resource, uh, the budget challenges that uh, people are having. Um, you know, you know, getting into newer and newer technology, you need to be able to um, uh, to eliminate a lot of the complexities uh, associated with uh, implementing new technologies out there. Um, from our perspective, um, one of the value propositions that we provide the organization is to, to help them design uh, a system to where um, you know the the users are not really bogged down by a lot of the technical uh, idiosyncrasies of the system, and we've eliminated all that by making sure that um, you know uh, this, their system is, is one, it's intuitive, it's easy to learn, uh, cost-effective, uh, and and uh, and and it doesn't take a whole lot of resources to to operate and run that. So it's just make, making sure that uh, for, for you know, for example, um, you know, in in a storage arena. Um, you know, some years ago, you'd almost have to be um, uh, fully certified with, uh, you know, with a lot of degrees and and, uh, and certifications, uh, just just for you to be able to run a storage environment. Nowadays, it's all web-driven, it's all Java-based, um, and it's really just very intuitive for the users. So there's not a whole lot of transfer knowledge that needs to be mm-hmm. uh, developed by the users, and it's consistent with uh, today's time where resources are, are really scarce. And, and um, you know, uh, going back to Harold's uh, uh, comment that um, technology today is an enabling uh, technology to where it should it should help organization in making sure that it's uh, that their their businesses are, are run as efficiently as possible and and not burden the users with a lot of complexities um, okay. in terms of uh, scaling and, uh, and growing from you know from one version to the next it shouldn't be um, you know it it shouldn't really be a hard uh, transition 
Um, and so a lot of the a lot of the companies or manufacturers uh, that are out there are making it simpler for for organization to implement their system. Right. So let me go back to Harold. Harold, any thoughts triggered from what you're hearing Ron share? Yes, um, a couple, and, and, and let me just around the greater efficiencies and maximizing effectiveness part of your question as well. Is it, it um, from from the leadership of an organization, and it, it, it has to be about workforce effectiveness. How can your workforce be most effective? Because of the budget pieces and the economy that Ron touched on, the great, the most, the largest cost of cost or the greatest cost in the organization is the human resource cost. So, so how do you truly answer the, the cliche doing more with less? So, organizations need to uh, work with their vendor partners to put more of their data or services online. You, you need to have more or less an organization without walls. Depending upon the type of services you deliver, allow your workers to work remotely. Um, really enforce HR policies around appropriate use of telecommuting. Those are the ways that organizations can use technology that exists today to have a more effective workforce, lower the cost of doing business, in my opinion, and, and having um, service delivery to their constituents online and not in line. Mm, wonderful. I love those um, very concrete examples, and I think that our um, pollution um, specialists would love that too, right, <laughs> with regards to getting more drivers off the roads, help with some of the congestion on the freeways during rush hour. Yes. <laughs> and, and let me add to that, uh, Dr. G, and that, that is, uh, um, as you know, um, yeah, the, one of the, the greatest uh, assets of any organization second to people are their data. And so um, uh, there's a big push for a lot of the organizations, nonprofit or otherwise, to make sure that their data is, one, secure, two, available, uh, to, um, you know, in case of there's any disaster, in case there's any, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, bad things that would happen to their to their environment. Mm-hmm. And that's... Oh. Uh, uh, Basically, what we try, you know, a lot of the people are, a lot of the organizations right. are, uh, are eyeing on uh, you know, getting that resolved as well. Okay, so I am just bumping in here a little bit, Ron, just to say we've got to go to commercial break. So I'm going to ask you to stay with us and ask our listeners to stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Corrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Corrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Thank you for staying with us on Leadership Matters. Today our topic is on uh, leveraging technology to enhance leadership and organizational effectiveness. And with us today we have uh, two fabulous guests, Harold Tuck, Chief Information Officer for the County of San Diego. Harold, thanks for staying with us. You're welcome, Dr. Then, G. Yeah, and then also on the line is Ron Salazar, and he is the CEO of MW, I got that wrong, it's MR2 Solutions. Correct. Yes. Uh, thanks, Rob, for staying with us as well. You bet. Rob, before we went to break, you were sharing a little bit. I want to go on and let you finish your thoughts. Yeah, so um, it's always, I was just uh, saying that uh, the data being the most important uh, asset that an organization can have second to people, and uh, because of the tech, uh, technology these days being simplified, um, a lot of the protection uh, uh, capabilities that uh, – you, uh, people are looking at today are 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 now accessible to even small business. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've made it uh, affordable and they've made it reliable. Um, just to give you an example, only five six years ago, when you talk about implementing a true disaster recovery plan, uh, that would have to entail uh, over a hundred thousand dollars worth of consulting, um, you know, fees and and not to include. Um, the overall design of the infrastructure, but but nowadays uh, you can implement that with you know less than fifty thousand dollars, and you have a fully managed and fully uh, functional uh, DR uh, you know between two sites. Mm-hmm. And so that's how far we've come along with uh, you know with you know with today's technology, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's being uh, you know being offered to uh, a lot of organizations these days, uh, including okay. nonprofit and, and uh, government agencies. Excellent, and we're going to probably we're going to go back to that point with regards to talk a little bit more about disaster recovery. Before we go there, Harold, I'm going to go back to you and ask you if there are any examples you'd like to bring up with regards to some of the organizations that you're affiliated with, be it the county or others, that have implemented things that have really supported greater workforce efficiencies or savings. Well, let me use an example. As I mentioned in my intro, I am the chair of the board of directors of the Neighborhood House Association. And uh, I don't know, it might have been as, as recent as a year ago or something less than that. I, I had been attending many board meetings, and I'm at a board meeting, and, and I remarked to the president and CEO and my colleagues on the board, why are we still getting these voluminous paper documents that describe 
not just the agenda, but all the supporting information that supports the agenda of our board meeting. This ought to be paperless. We we have a secured intranet site that the board members can log on to. So why don't we have a paperless board meeting? And staff implemented that in a very short order. And um, there might have been some initial awkwardness in coming into a board meeting and no longer seeing paper and seeing uh, monitors and keyboards in front of them. Uh, but we're paperless. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that has saved... Um, a lot of staff hours and just the preparation of that that probably added a couple of years or lifetime on the copier that was printing all those pieces of supporting documentation each and every month for the board. So it's it's, it's those sorts of things mm-hmm. that organizations can look at and say, that is a cost avoidance. We can avoid paying for the cost of cartridges, the cost of paper. We can mm-hmm. cut some of that down. Obviously, it helps for the environment around sustainability with Absolutely. less paper as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at on my job, we looked at our network printers and looked at folks who had um, per- personal printers. Why do we need every uh, uh, any number of individuals to have uh, their own personal printers? Uh, you can secure printers and you can print if you have a a confidential document, you can put a PIN number, it'll print your confidential document. So you can save on just the cost of doing business and, and doing that. And then probably finally, really manage your assets really well. Your technology assets and any other assets in your organization, do you need as many of the items that you have in your uh, asset inventory? Can you get rid of some of those things? Can you get rid of the age ones for a more efficient, modern um, um copier or whatever it may be, or printer, those are the what we say are the low-hanging fruits. Mm-hmm. And in this economy, you need to be um, charging your workforce to assist in doing two things, I think, cost savings initiatives and cost avoidance initiatives. Mm, fabulous. Thank you, Harold. You know, and I think um, myself, obviously working here with the Neighborhood House Association, Innovisions, we are, um, Leadership Matters is actually... Um, provided through the Neighborhood House Association, I can testify to the huge difference with regards to walking into and preparing for a paperless board meeting than one that has, as you mentioned, volumes and volumes and volumes of um, trees that have been and, uh, killed and Dr. with G, all if I may, If I may mm-hmm. uh, yeah, expand jump on, on that, that. Um, actually the, the U.S. government has got, has, has, has got a mandate to the healthcare industry to uh, to get their information their health health information system to be electronic uh, uh, to be digitalized as well and um, a lot of the doctors' offices are being uh, incentivized by by the government to um, to convert their um, you know their systems their health uh, information system uh, in in an electronic format and uh, even subsidizing the majority of those costs. Mm-hmm. So there's a big push to eliminate papers to to convert everybody everything in uh, in a electronic format so that we can process uh, the information you know as most efficient as possible and uh, give access to the healthcare pro- professionals the information that they need uh, as fast as. Uh, uh, they can they can serve or request them. Yeah, I can remember a few years back also following the uh, New Orleans um, Katrina, you know, disaster 
uh, working with the National Medical Association as well as the sickle cell, um, I think the national organization as well, are really leading the way in having conversations about electronic medical records and how it was very helpful for those who had that after the storm right. and those that actually had their medical records that were in facilities that got flooded and that information was like no longer available. So it um, definitely served to be valuable in that instance as well. Kind of speaking of that with regards to the um, recovery and the working and managing our ways through either human cost or natural disasters, Ron, what are your thoughts with regards to what public entities or nonprofit organizations can do to really position themselves to be able to do that? Yeah, so, so to, augment, um, <clears throat> to augment that initiative and, and making sure that they, um, that they convert everything into electronic format, you, have, you need to have a way to consolidate that data in, a, um, in an environment where it's, it's large enough to accommodate um, and easy to grow and easy to scale. Uh, and, and typically, what does that mean to, for the average person who doesn't know, consolidate that data? So, so in, in, a, in a typical um, system environment where your data is, is, uh, is stored in, in a, uh, a device called, a, let's, let's say, an application server or a file server, mm-hmm. um, because, because of the sprawl of the information and the growth of the data over the years, you have to have a way to, um, to consolidate that into a single device. Uh, what's happening right now is that, uh, you know, because of the, the, just the mere size and, uh, of the information, you know, being, being created, uh, there's a need for, uh, for an organization to constantly uh, grow their um, you know their storage. For so, are we talking about like backing up files into? Some well, backing up is, uh, is what, one, what are we talking about? One aspect, and mm-hmm. uh, we're, talk, we're specifically talking about uh, being able to, um, uh, instead of having the information spread across multiple uh, machines, uh, mm-hmm. you just want to consolidate that into one uh, big storage where it's highly redundant, highly available, it's secure, it's reliable. And being able to also, once you have it consolidated into one uh, particular um, uh, platform, having the ability to um, to automatically replicate that to another site uh, in the event of any, any disaster that would happen to your primary site. So the trend now in the market is to um, uh, uh, to design a system to where you know you can. Um, you can operate or access your data in, a, in a, your, your primary site for, for fast access and high performance uh, requirements and also having the ability to have that same set of information protected off-site mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the event of any natural disaster like earthquake or like, let's say, you know, uh, an event in, in Katrina to where you, you're, you're your primary location is uh, is no longer uh, available. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, um, Ron. Harold, I'm just triggering thoughts going back to the county as well as org- um, other organizations you work with. What comes up for you? Any examples with regards to things that you're doing or your organizations have done to prepare for any type of human or, or um, natural disaster? Yes, thank you, Dr. G. As uh, just to add on to to what Ron was saying, and, and also offer some additional pieces, uh, 
we all know that it's not a matter of if, but when we're going to have natural disasters. There will come. You also need to um, prepare for if there's something caused by human error or unintentional or intentional. So from an organization perspective, what organizations need to do and take the time to do it, even if they have to find money for a consultant to help guide them, is to develop a continuity of operations plan. What happens under various scenarios, be it a natural disaster or a non-natural disaster? You might have a gas leak. Somebody might run into, uh, have a car accident, run into a fire hydrant if your building is very close to a fire hydrant, and you get flooded out, and you have to move your people. If you have a central location, what are the alternate work sites if you have multiple locations? Who are essential employees? How do you, as Ron say, protect that data? What um, secured encrypted thumb drives do you purchase to have for your folks? Uh, who comes to work? Who calls who? You know, what do you do when there's a disaster and the roads are cut off? What is the responsibility? Have that written down. Mm-hmm. And also practice it and mm-hmm. practice it and practice it. In my organization, we practice very often. And, and that's the key. You must practice. Um, to get Great. yourself so, through any disaster. Right. So this continuity of operation um, plan. plan, continuity of operations plan, and then practicing what's in that plan is what I'm hearing you say. That is correct. Okay, fabulous. Sounds like we need to take another commercial break, so we will be back shortly with more on Leadership Matters. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Get ready for an exciting and eye-opening hour every week on Globe Talk with Avisant. Join your host, Kevin Parikh, for an inside look at the world economy with a special focus on technology and its impact on humankind. We will invite the top industry experts to our forum and answer your questions, too. Globe Talk with Avisant airs live every Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Thank you for staying with us on Leadership Matters. Today with us, we have Harold Tuck, Chief Information Officer for the County of San Diego. Thank you for staying with us, Harold. You're welcome. Yes, and with us also is Ron Salazar, CEO of MR2 Solutions. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, we are talking about leveraging technology to enhance leadership and organization effectiveness. I think we were winding down our conversation about positioning organizations to recover in the midst of either a human cost or natural disaster. Ron, I think you had some additional comments you wanted to add. Yeah, I was just going to uh, add on to just in case uh, some of your listeners are are thinking about well, what types of disasters are, are out there. There are many different levels of disasters from, from a natural disaster where your primary location of, of business is no longer in existence. Uh, all the way down to system failures and to human errors, like what uh, what Harold uh, mentioned before, and and uh, it's important to define exactly what your organization requires, uh, and, and then design around that. Um, you know, maybe you just need to have a system to where you can, you know, your your data is uh, highly available and can be restored within minutes, uh, and not necessarily have uh, your data be replicated elsewhere. Uh, or just uh, maybe we just you need to design a system to where you you just need to have a uh, a, f- a system failover just in case you know one one server goes down you have that that continuity of application um, available to uh, to your users and it's important to also define that and uh, and making sure that uh, when you uh, evaluate uh, different solutions that are available out there that you are guided by you know what's required by your organization. Great, thank you. So I'm hearing this continuity word continue with regards to so the continuity of application, which I'm assuming goes back to speaking about what Harold was talking about, will it, facilitate it, the continuity of operations. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It just uh, it just speaks to the fact that if uh, you know if your system is no longer available, there's right. a, a big disruption in the, in the business, and mm-hmm. and uh, right. it's important uh, that your organization keeps. Uh, 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 in you know a full functional uh, mode as mm-hmm. opposed to having your users just standing around uh, twiddling their thumb and that can cost your organization lots and lots of money. So. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thanks for adding that, Ron. Harold, want to um, just kind of highlight what we talked about in the first segment, and that's pretty much your background. I think it's quite um, noteworthy and also admirable uh, with regards to your achieving the level of responsibility that you currently have as the chief information officer with the major municipality, that being the county of San Diego. Love to ask you um, what advice might you offer to others with regards to preparing themselves to take on a leadership position either in the IT field or in some other capacity in this very fast-paced technological world. Dr. G, I, you know, it, it may be a different formula for for people, but for me, I have a formula that have guided my life uh, called three five zero. And the reason why those numbers are important to me is that on a previous job I had when I was first out of college, I was around twenty 
21, 22 years old, and and I really didn't want to didn't know what I wanted to do. I worked in the financial industry, and my boss at the time said, Harold, what you want to do when you're 30? What do you want to do when you're 25? Where do you want to be in this organization? And for me at the time, being 21, he's asking about 30. That was eons away. I, I just couldn't envision that. And he says, you know, you need to have a plan. You need to map your journey, sort of like you know, a GPS system before they were invented for the public use. <laughs> and I decided that the best way for me to do that and to challenge myself was to add certain numbers to my age to, to use as a marker where I was personally and professionally. So the, the zero and five came, comes from whenever my age ended in a zero, like 30 or 40 or 50 or 60, or ended in a five, like 25, 35, et cetera, I had to be a certain place in my life, personally and professionally, that I had already mapped out. And the three was, I added three to those years. So if you're 25 by the time I'm 28, or if I'm 30 by the time I'm 33, I did my mid-course correction. Am I on target to what I wanted my goal to be? And I found that that's been extremely successful for me from a personal perspective in investments, from a a personal perspective for marriage. I, I knew that I wanted to get married and have a child and be a father before I was 30 years old. I mapped that out when I was 21. I I had no idea who my wife was going to be, but I certainly changed my social behavior so that I would be someone somebody would want to marry. Right, and it must have worked for you. You've been married how long now? I've been married 31 years, four months, and 18 days. And who is counting? It's been a wonderful journey for That's me. That's awesome. I love that. Three five zero. And yeah. go on. I didn't even so, stop so, it, but I was so pretty impressed. So I should copyright that for somebody else does, huh? Yeah. So, so that's how I personally did it, and I had a mentor that along the way, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think so. For me, I can only answer your question, and I think you asked me how did I guide myself. Mm-hmm. I did it because I needed guidepost along the way, mm-hmm. and I needed to be laser-focused, as your boss likes to say, mm-hmm. on where I wanted to be at a certain time. Did I succeed every time? No. Did I stumble? Yes. Did I fall down and, and, uh, and proverbially hurt myself because of some mistakes I made along the way? I sure did. Mm-hmm. But did I catch up? Yes, I did. Fabulous. So really being open to and kind of listening to input from a mentor as well as your guidepost 350 methodology has worked for you. That's correct. Good. Anything else you'd like to add or share with others? Well, you I'll don't keep that. information to yourself. You do, to, 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 paraf- to play off your phrase, you do share with others. Mm-hmm. I mentor a lot of employees. Mm-hmm. I mentor employees who have no inkling on um, wanting to work in the IT field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentor young people who are still in high school. I mentor folks who are in middle school. And, and the mentorship is, you know, is to, to help them understand that no matter how immortal they may feel because they're so young and they can break a bone that's healed in six weeks, which <laughs> is six months, um, there's, there, there's wisdom that only you gain over time. Mm. And to the extent that I can pass a nugget that someone remembers 15 years from now, then I think the world's a better place. So I really believe you need to pay, pay back to, to society and back to your community community and I do all that I can to try to be a good, you know, a good citizen in that regard. You also internally once you're in an organization, understand the organization, understand its culture and understand its politics. And also if you cover the job in the organization, 
find out two things. How did the person in the job get there? What was their career path? How did they get there? And the second thing I would say, and a mentor told me this, and I'll close and see what Ron has to add, and that is always look to find out what your boss is reading because that's what he and she, he or she is interested in at the time, and so should you. Fabulous advice. Love it. i got to find out what Rudy's reading now, huh? That's <laughs> Okay. Wonderful. Um, Harold, I absolutely loved all of those um, pieces of um, wisdom and nuggets that you gave us. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Wisdom gained over time. Pay it forward. Understand the organization and its politics as well as its culture. And there was another one I did not get, Harold. What was it with regards to, oh, how did they get there? Yeah, mm-hmm. the the job you covered. How did the person in it get? How did it come to get there? Good, wonderful, and know what your boss is reading. <laughs> Ron, anything you'd like to add? Well, you know, my my zero is coming up in a couple of years, and I'm <laughs> now Harold now is making me wonder now what what milestone I should be shooting. For, right? <laughs> so I'm in a panic here a little bit, but uh, <laughs> my uh, my two cents into this is uh, you know for for those who want to be um, a leader in this industry, is to um, to really follow your passion and not your pension because that, that'll, you know, mm. money will always follow, right? So mm-hmm. if if you love what you do and you like what you're doing, I mean, it, you'll never have to work a single day in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter if, if you're in the public sector, if you're in a private industry, just just know, you know, be in tune of, uh, of what you love to do mm-hmm. and just follow that uh, vigorously. Mm-hmm. And uh, technology is, um, if you're going to be in technology sector, it's just uh, uh, change is really what's constant mm-hmm. in, in this particular uh, industry. And so you just need to love, uh, you need to learn how to love uh, to embrace changes and, and, and the challenges that, that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but w- again, uh, if you if you know what segment of the market uh, you, you you you've decided to serve, know that market. You know mm-hmm. whether it be in the healthcare industry, in the government agency industry, private sector, uh, service, uh, manufacturing, distribution. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Gravitate to what you um, what you're passionate about, okay. and then technology will. will uh, you know, will always be there, and and just if again, just enjoy you know the the nature of its uh, uh, of its changing. Um, okay, so I, I'm getting a whole lot of little um, pieces we can um, coin here, huh? Follow your passion, not your pension. Yeah, I plan to borrow <laughs> that, Ron, if you don't mind. I'm sorry. I plan to use that if oh, you yeah. don't mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking that. And um, Ron, I'm just going to ask you. I think we just have just a, maybe 30 seconds or so before we go to to break, but any thoughts with regards to those who might be interested in being a consultant, you know, um, transitioning maybe out of one of our public or nonprofit sectors, but then still serving from a consultant perspective. Any thoughts there? Um, Just to be, there's a lot of consultants that are out there uh, these days who are great consultants, who who provides a great level of service. and but uh, unfortunately, you know there are others who who are just out there to uh, because they just want want the freedom. It's to me to to be a great consultant requires you to know 
um, you know, the business aspect, uh, the requirements that uh, each company requires from a business perspective, as well as being in tune constantly with the, evol- the ever-evolving technology that's out there and marrying the two together. Being right. successful cons- uh, consultants, mm-hmm. you know, should have the ability to, to do just that. Being the bridge between the business requirements and the ever-evolving technology that's out there. Fabulous note for us to transition to break on. Thank you so much, Ron. You're welcome. Okay, we will be right back with more on Leadership Matters. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When you are trying to establish your financial plan, there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration, from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs. How do you manage all of it to find a plan that will work for you? Tune in to The Insightful Investor with Bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Thank you for staying with us for more on Leadership Matters. We are having a fabulous conversation here today um, talking about leveraging technology to enhance leadership and organization effectiveness with Mr. Harold Tuck, Chief Information Officer for the County of San Diego. Thanks so much, Harold. You're welcome, Dr. G. And Ron Salazar, Salazar rather, uh, CEO of MR2 Solutions. And thank you, Ron. Thank you, Dr. G. Yeah, so as we transition into our final segment today, can you believe it's been almost an hour? Wow. 
going to ask each of you just to maybe think about um, final thoughts, uh, lessons learned, or tips that you might um, invite our listeners to consider as it relates to the public and uh, non-profit um, sector, either preparing to be a leader or other things that just kind of come to mind regarding leveraging effectiveness or efficiencies within those arenas. Okay. Okay, and um, who'd like to start, Ron or Harold? Uh, well, I, I could I could put in my two cents. Um, okay. Uh, to me, my lessons learned over the years that I've been doing business and, and reaching out to a different organization is that, number one, uh, relationship is key. You know, um, establishing that trust and respect between client and uh, and vendors are to me is number one um, because it is a collaborative uh, effort between um, the two organizations and being able to have a solid foundation for uh, uh, for trusting and, and respecting each other uh, on that particular you know having a solid relationship with um, with the person that you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's going to be some challenges, uh, either in the design, either in the implementation, the execution, in the budget, uh, within you know both organization. But uh, if you have that solid foundation for uh, for seeing problems through and having a great relationship with each other, it's going to carry you through. Uh, but just so developing that um, that person, that interpersonality character. Fabulous, wonderful, love it. Relationship is key. Trust and respect. And how about yourself, Harold? Uh, Communicate, communicate, communicate. You cannot over-communicate. So my advice to leaders and -and up-and-comers is that you need to communicate. You you need to be able to explain um, what you you have on your mind, the decisions that you made. It's not a democracy, so you're not asking for a vote. But folks need understanding so that they know what their role is in the in the job, in the task uh, at hand. Uh, being transparent, um, being an ethical person, one that folks want to follow because you're ethical. That's extremely important. Um, having presence, having folks know that I work in an organization that's the leader of my particular division, and when he and she goes into a room. They have presence. I am proud to be part of that team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, understand as you're up and coming, there's no I in the word team, as the, as the old saying goes. But you're not always going to be able to be in the forefront. You have to wait your turn. Sometimes there's value on being an apprentice and sitting on a bench, and then you get into the game. And, uh, and understand and have patience for the pace it takes for your career to develop. The minute you lose patience, maybe the minute you lose your job. You you need to have and understand that you need to be disciplined in various aspects of an organization, and you have to be able to discipl- display how you're disciplined. You know, your organization will be about continuous improvement. How have you continuously improved your career? How are you adding to the bottom line of the organization? How have you added thought leadership, thoughts that people want to value? Are you, do you provide excellence in your work? You know, when you strive for perfection and none of us is perfect, the worst you get is excellence. When you, 
know that your job is about customer satisfaction, what are you doing to enhance that customer experience in your organization? And are you fiscally responsible? Are you spending the organization's money like it's your own? Because you should be. And um, that is all the things that I think that if you practice that and work very hard at that, then your term, your time will come and your term to be a leader in that organization will be awaiting you. If I may add to that, uh, Harold, there's really no substitute for working hard. That's correct. I mean, you cannot, you cannot work around that. You've got to work hard. You've got to do the extra steps, uh, the extra mile. Um, uh, you can't be shy around that um, because it's, uh, it's, it's a key ingredient. Um, nobody, you know, it's, you've got to get the entitlement out of your, out of your mind and, uh, you know, just do what's needed, uh, you know, without being told. You know, that's what the, a leader, you know, leadership character is all about, mm-hmm. you know, it, understanding what needs to be done and then just doing that. If I could just add a couple oh, more please. pieces to that, um, Ron and doc, Dr. G. One is you need to treat people with respect because you may not know who your next boss is going to be. Mm-hmm. So that person who's your peer in the organization or may be a wrong lower in the organization than you are today, and you treat disrespectfully, you know, a few years he or she could end up being your boss. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, too, is never stop learning. Always continue the learning process and understand that there are Learning is a life journey. I remember one of the things that I detested the most, I would say two things when I was a a young student coming through. When the teacher called on me out of the blue, Harold, what's the answer to question number five? I hated it, right? (laughs) But but I learned later on, you have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Your boss may call you and you're brainstorming an issue at the corporate table, Mr. Tuck. What's your thoughts on improving the bottom line? You can't look like a deer in headlights. Mm-hmm. And, and number th- the other thing that I always dreaded was when they when these teachers made you get up in front of the class to give your book report. They probably don't do that now. I'm dating myself, but you they don't <laughs> call them book reports. I don't know what they call them. But when you had to give an oral presentation mm-hmm. in class, mm-hmm. learn and do not be afraid of public speaking. It is a critical critical component of leadership. Mm-hmm. And you can learn that in many places, not just in the classroom. You can learn it at church. You can learn it at your community group. You can learn it at your neighborhood watch clubs. And you can learn it uh, and practice it in, in daily life. Too. And it goes back to your, your, your first, uh, first point of communication. Master yes. that communication, whether it be written, verbal, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way you can get your ideas across. And, and um, you know, you can have, um, you know, Lots and lots of great ideas, but if you can't convince people, if you can't create consensus, if you can't uh, persuade the powers that be uh, that your ideas are uh, what's right, then, then it's, uh, it just goes to waste. So it goes back to that, what, what Harold is saying, you know, uh, being ha- having the ability to communicate effectively and articulate your, your, your ideas effectively as well. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, I think you guys have given us so many fabulous um, just nuggets of wisdom, and so many of them, you know, call out to me with regards to the communicate, communicate, communicate. Here, one of the things that you said that, like, oh boy, I need to uh, definitely hold on to that one myself is the moment you you lose your patience, is the moment you may lose your job. 
<laughs> That's pretty powerful and profound. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I just think there's so many pieces here with regards to never stop learning, be prepared, um, being okay with the whole public speaking piece. Just uh, fabulous information, Ron and um, Harold. Thank you both so much for being with us today. Dr. G, thank you for inviting me. Yes, and to all of our listeners. Thank you for inviting me, Dr. G. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you, too, for actually joining us, Ron. So to all of our listeners, we want to say thank you to you as well for tuning in to Leadership Matters. Please join us next week on Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters. Have a wonderful week. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.